welcome back to Endurance Icons, where we interview people who are absolutely crushing it in the world of endurance sports. Today, we have a special episode because we have our very first in-person, and we're talking all of the people on this podcast are in one room. Today, we have Adam Dijon, or ADJ as we call him. Um, he's a hybrid endurance CrossFit athlete, and we're thrilled to have him here. Adam, welcome. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, so you are fresh off the CrossFit Games. We're going to divide that, dive into that. But first, talk to us about what you've been doing for the past few years. What has like the years of 2020 till now looked like mm -hmm. at a very high level? Mm -hmm. So COVID kind of wreaked havoc on my CrossFit training for a few years. And I would say I shifted more towards uh, triathlon and endurance training uh, from 2020 until yeah like the end of almost the end of 2022 so it's been a, a an interesting shift I would say from like 2014 2015 until 2019 2020 I was like primarily like weightlifting CrossFit um, in the gym you know competing training and then got a taste of my first half Ironman and then that kind of shifted my focus a little bit from like 2018 to 2020 um I was still kind of splitting splitting the year splitting the training and then when COVID hit I almost went you know 100% endurance um until yeah this this CrossFit season so have you ever tried to qualify for the games before yeah, I would say, you know, every year I do the CrossFit Open, which is the preliminary qualifying for the CrossFit Games. And then from there, the, the model has changed a bit. So now it's from the CrossFit Open to the quarterfinals, quarterfinals to semifinals, semifinals to the Games. But this year is the first year I ever tried to qualify for the age group or masters division of the CrossFit Games. And I don't want it to be lost. Like those of uh, those of us who know you really well know like what an extraordinary athlete you are. You've done, you know, you've competed at the half Ironman world championship level. You absolutely crush it in the gym. And it's, you have this seemingly like almost impossible high level performance on both sides of the sport. Um, what do you think both sports play into each other? Like how is your CrossFit background feeding into your endurance strengths? Mm -hmm. bike power yeah. <laughs> he's an animal smashing it's true. ftp tests yes um no both you know it, it's it's they're totally unrelated in a sense but if you have strength in in triathlon it, it's not going to hurt you and if you have an aerobic base in crossfit it's definitely not going to hurt you so i would say they both feed into each other in, in an awesome way um since doing triathlon, I would say my CrossFit game has elevated big time because I was, I was always, my, my conditioning was always strong in CrossFit, but I didn't necessarily train that aerobic energy system properly. So now that since starting actually to train that system, I just find my ability to, you know, stay strong and improve my capacity 
to do more work in CrossFit has improved a lot. So do you think it's a combo of like training methods and like pacing, like all of those sort of things that you learned from endurance that have helped you there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like to know, you know, in, in endurance, the, the term threshold is used all the time in CrossFit. It's like the, the old, you know, it's, it's now becoming a trend, but the old school, you know, terminology was go as hard as you can and hold on for as long as you can. And now, you know, the best in the world know what their threshold is and try to just ride that razor's edge. Um, and for me, I've got a, a much better understanding of what my threshold is. And if anything, I've learned that maybe my threshold is higher than I used to think it was. And I'm able to, you know, when, when you're out there in a half Ironman for, you know, four, five, six hours, you learn that you can push the limits for a pretty long time. So in a, you know, most CrossFit workouts are anywhere from like five to 15 minutes, you realize you can go pretty deep into the pain cave for that period of time. So it's been a big, big benefit. It's been really cool to watch CrossFit over the last number of years. I feel like there's more and more of that endurance science and tactics that are leaking over into the CrossFit world because you see there's swimming, there's yes. biking, there's yes. running events in there. And before maybe it was a little segregated, but every year I hear even the commentators how different they talk about yeah, like, like the like bike that. drafting and things like that. Have you noticed that a lot leaking over into CrossFit? Yes, 100%. And even from a coaching standpoint, all of the best athletes now have uh, there's, you know, one famous coach that came from triathlon, um, Hinshaw, and he's helping the top athletes. I, I think he helped Jeff Adler this year, um, you know, build his running capacity. Mm -hmm. So yes, the lingo, especially, you know, you hear it in the, the uh, commentators, you know, they're using the terms that you guys are used to hearing um, in the sport because it is a big, bigger part of it you got like a little bit of a step forward and if I have a couple extra years of it which is kind of cool yeah freaking Iron Man exactly 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 now the community that you belong to in, in LP Endurance and Limitless Performance uh you have the nickname the gorilla talk to us about how you got that nickname <laughs> well it's so funny because in CrossFit like I'm not actually uh, that big of an athlete but in endurance I'm a gorilla sized athlete and not only that, but some of my, you know, body language and actions are gorilla like when you I get bike, I would say your bike form because you squat so heavy, your knees go out and you're still like crazy fast on the bike. But yeah, I'm like always, I'm always, you know, running, running strong and biking hard. So that's where the, I feel like we had a, did we give him that nickname? Yes. Because I feel like when yeah. we're coming up with our best fitting animal emojis <laughs> yeah so it was during the pandemic and we had a group chat and i was the fox you were a whale and it was yeah i, I think you gorilla. originally gave him the gorilla emoji and all my heavy breathing also weighs into that <laughs> too. it doesn't matter whether you're going hard or not you're breathing heavy yeah. no adam's the opposite he starts breathing heavy and then she levels off True. which is wild when i settle into the pain cave it just calms down i'll yeah. never forget we were doing intervals or we were doing some sort of 5k it was a 5k time trial yeah you we were, were pacing me and, and i you were you worried were, about me and you just crushed it and <laughs> It's remarkable. Half a K in, she's like, oh no, this guy's going to melt. Yeah. 
so the community that knows you is the gorilla. We, yes. you, have a, you have a big following and people really, really care about your journey and have been hugely supportive along the way. Um, so we reached out when we were doing this episode and asked for some cool. listener yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do have a number of those. So we're going to hit you with the first one. While we're talking about endurance and CrossFit, which hurts more? Mm-hmm. So in St. George at 70.3 World Champs, I had a big a really, really strong training block leading up to that. So I would say that's the first race that I like confidently felt like I could push the limits from start to finish in the past. It was like, you know, my bike fitness isn't quite there. So I got a bat anyways. So I was able to go to a pretty deep, dark place because I biked super hard and then trying to run off of that. So that was probably the most painful a 70.3 has been and then okay so crossfit this week was the at the games like eight times not all every workout but like it was like beyond the pain cave like we were coming it was such a close race every single workout Mm -hmm. that you were just going way beyond your threshold to try to finish that last like movement or the last minute of the workout like way past the point and not to mention it was hot um all the same factors that play in if you're you know you got 1k to go in a a seven so it's a different type of pain i would say um in triathlon you need that grit and mental toughness to dig deep for a long time and not it's so easy to back off your paces right? You know, ah, just like, you know, take this next K easy to just keep your foot on the gas pedal for so long is a challenge in itself. In CrossFit, it's more like you got to flip the switch and just kind of like shut off, you know, all sensors and just go, Um, not for the whole workout or not for every workout, but for those like tough, dark moments. So my, uh, democratically correct politically correct answer is uh both well I was gonna say I'm actually there's a part of me is endurance that I'm glad you weren't immediately like oh yeah easily one or the other because they're both they're both really really hard but they're also completely different sports when you talked about mindset is there a place like where do you go I know we're going to talk about mindset in a little bit but where do you go in your head in how is where you go in your head different between the sports or is mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I would say the, the best comparison would be like a one mile race in endurance for most good runners. That's not a very fun race. No, it's short. It's max effort. That's what most CrossFit workouts are like. Fair. You don't, you think you, you, you need to be well aware of your limits and your pacing but at the same time, you need to just kind of like shut it off and just push through the pain. So remind me what uh, where you went in your head. But I think that answers it. Like yeah. comparing where even even for our ultra endurance listeners that do like, I don't know, ultra marathons or Ironmans, it's the difference between one of those ultra endurance versus racing a 5K almost. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're just right. very different beasts. Yeah, it's yeah. more like a 5K or a one mile than it is. Yeah. Uh, um, both are badass. Yeah, and in, in in the same in the same but different way. Yeah. 
So I'd love to chat next on kind of your qualifying for this, because I feel like we talked to you early in the year, and I think you had mentioned a little bit about it, but I feel like this really picked up momentum yeah. as it went along, and your status in each of those, like, kind of yes, phases that yes, started yes. in um, the Open and kept going, you just got more and more momentum. Tell us about kind of your rankings in that and, like, how this whole yeah, thing got rolled. Yeah, so coming off of 70.3 World Champs, I didn't, it was such a long triathlon season and I had been the last couple of years, I didn't really have any like super big CrossFit goals for the season. Um, I knew that, you know, November was just going to be super chill train, but I was tapped out in terms of like competing and racing. And then in December I would, you know, slowly start to ramp up to what is the CrossFit open. Um, so stage one of qualifying is, the CrossFit Open, it's like from the middle of February till March 1st. And that's where the world, all the athletes at all levels compete. It's five workouts, three, no, three workouts. Yeah, they've narrowed it down to three workouts over three weeks, one a week. And in my division, there were 30,000 male 35 to 39 year olds, 30,000, 30,000 males from around the world. Some of them would be totally doing it for fun. Some of them would be doing it competitively, but that's where the pool started. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it goes to the quarterfinals, which is at the, was at the end of March. So a month later. So I had the open where I think I was ranked in the top 10%. So the top 10%, 3,000 move on to the quarterfinals. Okay. So I think at that point, I was ranked 93rd going in. So that's the same ranking that I ended up in the top 10 with. So then in the quarterfinals, it's now the 3,000 plus or minus competitive athletes that are pushing to like make it to the CrossFit Games. So in that one, I had to finish in the top 30 to move on to the semifinals. So I'm getting more and more fit, CrossFit fit, stronger uh, as I move on. Because each month from November to December to January, February, March, I'm getting stronger and my skills are getting better because I just kind of started that training block. So I end up in like, I end up in 93rd going into the quarters. And then I end up in 32nd. So I'm two spots out of semifinal rankings, but that's when I learned that once they go through the whole system of, you know, reviewing workouts, reviewing videos, reviewing scores that people get, you know, penalties and, and, you know, DNF and all that stuff. So, um, I end up in 28th. So now I'm ranked 28th going into semifinals, which is at the end of April. And the testing becomes more and more specific, not more intense, but the open is, is very like, you know, broad uh, quarterfinals. They start to increase the volume of the movements and the weights start to go up. And then semifinals, it starts to become more of like the higher skilled movements. So I'm starting to prep more and more for that stuff. So I get into the top 30, I'm 28 going into semis, but 
very excited because semifinal workouts historically have been more tailored towards my strengths than like a quarterfinals or an open workout. And what's your strengths? Would you describe more? So the open is very like CrossFit skills. There's like the 11 skills of CrossFit and you just essentially have to like be really proficient at those skills. Then quarterfinals, it's like the higher version of those skills mixed in with some heavier barbells and heavier weights. Um, but then in the semis, it starts to get into more um, athletic driven movements at a higher volume, at a higher intensity with more weight. But we had rope climbs, we had bench press, we had shuttle runs, we had mm -hmm. uh, barbells, we had so you can already kind of see it. It was, it's less CrossFit skill focused and more like athlete driven because they know at the CrossFit games, it's almost a hundred percent athlete driven because they're going to test your overall athleticism. So then I go through that qualifying stage and I end up like 12th, I think. And then again, crossing our fingers. Um, can I get in the, yeah. Can I get it? And it took a long time took I think like 10 days to figure out the final final leaderboard and I end up tied for nine which technically put me in 10 so it got me in um how did you celebrate or what was that moment when you realized like for sure for sure you were in? oh man so it was like kind of a dreaded moment and it you know because the <laughs> sense of relief would have been like season's over uh, and then, like now I'm like oh my god like I've never trained for the CrossFit Games now I have all of May, all of June, and all of July, a three-month training block to get ready for the game. So I'm like, holy cow. Um, so yeah, obviously super excited, but at the same time, like scared, terrified, because I didn't know what was ahead. I'd never done like a true, I've always, you know, thought I would succeed at the games, but I didn't know what kind of work went into it. So I think when you talk about that and like the momentum you kept getting, like we, Jim Vance talked a lot about that of like yes. peaking at the right time. Yeah. And he's like, I want my athletes to be ready yeah. at the right time. I almost feel like if you look back on it, like, do you almost think that it was kind of the perfect storm of like, you got this slow build into it, just kept trickling in there. Yes. And then it was just, again, that like curve, you were just flying by the time you needed to be. Yeah. I was building confidence in the, the process of like, I have a month. I need to train hard for, you know, like three weeks that I need to trust the process, like what I've learned from endurance. Like I need to taper into this big weekend and then I just need to hit it as hard as I can. So I did that in the open and then I did that in the quarters. And then when it got to semis, it was like, okay, we're just going to do this again. So yeah, I was, I was taking all of that momentum from each one and just layering it. So do you, when, so it's you and nine other guys that end up making it to the games. Yeah. Do you, were those guys, when you look back on it, you might not have the answer to this, but were they like always in the top 10 of like these workouts? Was there some names like dancer that you always saw up there? I would say the top five for sure were always there. Okay. I don't know about the other guys. I'll, I would probably be the biggest spread in yeah. terms of change. I would say they were probably for sure, at least always in the top 50. Yeah if not in the top 20. Um, but yeah. They, did you have any imposter syndrome at all? I think I did at the games. I, I didn't, I didn't, cause I was, I was still so just like deep into the like 
process of qualifying. And, and I'm not a huge fan of the online qualifiers in the past, and they've never really gone my way and I never really thrived in them. So I was like, you know, I was believing, but I would, you're, you're blind, right? You yeah. do the workout, you submit it. And until the leaderboard is live, you don't know if your scores are good or bad or not. Um, so it was uh, a stressful process, but yeah, it all like panned out. So you talked about those last three months leading into the games once you knew you were there. It sounded like that was a pretty intense training block as you work yeah. with uh, Josh from Mammoth, right? Exactly. Tell, take us through like some of the highs and lows in that section. Yeah, so like huge strength block right away outside of like finished 70.3 world champs, got to build back a ton of strength, then get to the open, start to get a little more specific on skills and then just preparing for these qualifiers. So when it got to games training, it was the first time that I would be like, I already got the strength because we've been working on that for six months. I've already got the skills. So now we need to dial up the volume and intensity and looking. So first uh, hiccup was I had signed up for Tromblon 70.3. So um, knowing that the chances of making the games were very slim, I was going to do Tromblon before all of this, you know, happened. So when I told Josh, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to still do Tromblon. So the month of May and June were actually not too crazy because I was prepping for the games during the week and then still doing like a normal weekend of 70.3 prep which backfired because then I got super sick like two weeks before Tromblon which was actually like perfect because then I could be rested and ready for it but yeah so that that was like on me because we were trying to make a perfect plan but there's no perfect plan when you combine CrossFit Games training and 70.3 training so um the true games training didn't start till the week after uh, Tromblon was supposed to be, which in hindsight, for me, the best thing happened. It got canceled for the rest of the club. It was super sad. Um, and they're all getting the race again. So that's good. Um, but what I didn't know about games training is it's all in preparation for three or four days in a row of like six, seven, eight workouts at maximum, you know, 10 out of 10 RPE um, and just repeating that. So all of the training is built around like, how can we prepare our bodies to hit it hard today, hard tomorrow, hard the next day. So our training would be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, three days in a row, off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, off Monday. So it would be like three on, two off, three on, two off. And we just kept repeating that. And the volume on those days was like mimicking, you know, three workouts in a day at the CrossFit Games. So you would like go at eight, 12 and four and do like your workouts those days? Or in would a, you go like- In a perfect in a perfect day, like on the weekends, I would do that. We would split it up into to three like smaller sessions where we would try to hit it like not 10 out of 10 RPE, but like close. Yeah. And then take full recovery break and then go back at it. So- 
looking back on it now I understand what I was trying to prepare for in the moment it was just like the most grueling punishing training block that I've ever done um it sounds all consuming yeah because you're you're still doing like your strength work so one session in the day would be like a big strength session then another session would be um like an aerobic session and then another session would be like a uh, metcon or like a test workout mm -hmm. so you would still be training all three components um and you would be you know hitting it hard in all of them so yeah it was most of the training leading up you know like the rpe is like that in that seven or eight range and almost all of it is like manageable doable you can recover from it but the point of this stuff was like I don't want you to be able to recover from Tuesday to Wednesday. I want you to be training under fatigue from the previous day so that your, your body's starting to get ready for the stimulus of being beat up, tired, and then ready to hit it again the next day. So in, in again, in hindsight, it was exactly what I needed to prepare. But at the time, I didn't quite know... Uh, what the heck I was getting into. So like the training is so intense in that time. What are you doing outside of training to make sure you're not just absolutely haggard mm -hmm. coming back day after day? Yeah. So it was like a 24 seven project of like, um, you know, when you're in the midst of a, a huge 70.3 or Ironman training block, like you can't eat enough because you're training. You don't even have enough time between training sessions to like, almost consume enough calories to replace the previous one so it was like this never-ending battle like I would get up super early in the morning try to prepare all my food for the day which would take you know as long as an hour in itself kind of feed a then, gorilla yeah, exactly <laughs> and then I would you know I, my 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 sleep actually was I feel like my body was you know over the limit of recovery so my sleep was actually not very good in the in the home stretch, um, just very like, you know, I was, my body was hot, you know, yeah, like I was like running up. hot. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, it was on the verge of like, we were trying to find the limit of like, how much training can we do without breaking? Right. Yeah. So, and with your endurance, like most of our listeners know what an endurance ath athlete eats. And I know that like, they preparing for an Ironman it's so much food did yeah. you change what you ate day to day or the composition of it as you were prepping for the games did that look different at all the carryover was was uh very 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 similar um I was using you know tons of in-workout fueling which is again kind of new to the sport of CrossFit because and most of the athletes still are in the phase of like it's candy it's simple sugars it's whatever but I was lucky to you know have precision or f2c or morton's and making sure that even if the training session wasn't gonna like be that long I'm still fueling in it just because I know what's coming up um but I would say like yeah I went through a ton of glycodurance um I went through you know morton's gels and and, and all that stuff so um that and then I would do you know, like you guys always say, like the double breakfast was totally a thing. Triple. Yeah. <laughs> now it's triple. So it was like, you know, there was like the, the eggs and toast breakfast. Then there was the oats 
and fruit and, uh, you know, protein shake or like scoop of protein breakfast. Then there was lunch with potatoes and chicken or beef and then rice and whatever. And then there was the afternoon snack with yogurt and granola. And then there was dinner. And then there was in-workout fueling. And then there was a before bed snack. So it was, yeah, it was a nonstop uh, refueling process. But it actually served me well because at the games, which we'll talk about, like I needed to be prepared for that kind of like, sometimes we didn't have enough time between workouts to totally refuel and uh, have a full meal. We needed to like just use, you know, uh, uh, in workout fueling because we wouldn't have time to digest. Mm -hmm. We'd only have like, say you need two to three hours to digest a meal. We only had two hours from when we finished the workout till when we started the next one and we start the warm up like, you know, an hour before we hit the field or whatever. So, yeah. um, so we've talked about this a lot on the endurance front, uh, like when you're going after big performance goals and these take, it takes a ton of time. What were some of those things that like Michelle or your team had to like take off your plate outside to allow that to happen? Like whether it was meal prep or taking your classes, like was there yeah. things like that you needed to drop to make sure you could perform and be able to actually actually absorb this training? I think my IOU list is uh, <laughs> infinite. Um, I don't know if I'll ever repay it back. Yeah, like our, our parents and our family helped us a ton with babysitting and uh, just like responsibilities on that end of the spectrum. Um, Michelle and Madison, let's just say if Madison wakes up in the middle of the night, she's not calling for dad, she's calling for mom. So now as I try to repay my IOUs, like last night, uh, Madison wanted nothing to do with dad in the middle of the night. She wanted mom and mom just wanted to get some sleep. So now that's another debt to be repaid. Do you have uh, like a blonde wig that you purchased? <laughs> <laughs> I need a voice and then and, and a wig. Nice recording. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, oh man. So yeah. And needless to say, yeah, my coaching responsibilities, uh, the LP team stepped up huge. And especially in those final three weeks, like it was just, I could get the, you know, three hours of training done in a day, which again, for most of the listeners is like, oh, it's pretty normal for a dirt, you know, training for a big race and the final push and the final lead up to it. Um, but it's, it's, it's time consuming and to absorb it. It's, uh, you, you can't just ignore the fact that the, the recovery is going to happen. My goal wasn't just to, and it got to this point some days, but my goal wasn't just to like, survive the training my goal was to be able to like execute it mm -hmm. to the best of my ability so that meant like being as prepared as possible for it which means the recovery as soon as it's over so yeah I just felt like that it was a point that needed to be highlighted yeah. I kept, when your um, demands of that go way up like something needs to give and it's yeah. going to be your body if you don't do it so totally yeah big, big I would lesson. say uh, uh, fa family life uh business all took a toll yeah. in the short term for you know the the amazing experience of being able to compete at the crossfit yeah. games it's like a right? pro athlete life essentially right. that you yeah. almost had to live over that time i was i i the joke was leading up as you know we're releasing road to the games episode three i'm like 
there's a lot of hype for this guy who hasn't done anything yet. So you better bring your A game when it counts. But uh, I was lucky enough to be able to find a, an extra gear out on the competition floor. Yeah. So. Um, so one of the crazy things we noticed, especially in some of your CrossFit games pictures were like every year we've noticed from endurance back to strength season, like your body definitely fluctuates a lot in terms of your body comp, but like, tell us a little bit about like, what are some of the biggest factors you think mm -hmm. that change between the two? And was this like maybe one of the most drastic changes? Cause I don't know if I'd ever yeah. seen quite that rift in the time uh, I've known you. Like it was yeah. wild. I, I, I was like, I can see his eight pack with your <laughs> shirt. <laughs> it, it was, I, I finally figured out my nutrition in endurance season last year. I, I worked with Kara and we finally figured out kind of like some of the things I was doing wrong or like could have been doing better. And I think just solving that problem then translated over to like amazing changes this year because the, the most fascinating thing is I didn't, my weight didn't really change. And this is like hard to believe. I was about 190 pounds going into world champs. And I was like pretty much 190 pounds going into the games. Interesting. Because in the past, I feel like you fluctuated yeah, by 10 or like, 15 pounds. I would, like lower I would go like 187, 188 in endurance season. And then I would go up to like 195 to 200 yeah. in CrossFit season. So I would say, but you you talked about like the volume you were doing this right. time at CrossFit, so maybe that mimicked endurance a little bit more. But yeah, you you looked totally different than you do during endurance. Yeah, season. like the muscle mass and just the way I was carrying uh, the muscle was like that's why I couldn't when I stepped on the scale like two or three weeks before. Not that it mattered, but I was expecting like one ninety five or you know even closer to two hundred. When I saw one ninety, I'm like, wow, like. It was, it was fascinating to see that I was probably leaner, like not as lean going into world champs as I was going into the CrossFit games. Um, so maybe I did have less body fat, but in terms of muscle mass, I think there was a significant increase. Um, but yeah, the nutrition, which I figured out last year, like, you know, July, August, I finally like tapped into what I was, you know, maybe off a little bit on. And then that carried over to um, this season. Cool. Um, one of the questions we got again from our listeners was, did you have any niggles or injuries in the lead up? Uh, like, were you on the edge of anything or I any concerns? I, I, I was thinking about this and I think I, I live, whether no matter what sport I'm in, I always live on with the thought of like, I train today with the thought of like, tomorrow in mind so I always am like overly conscious of like what can I do today to make sure that I don't wake up tomorrow with an injury um, or get injured in like I'll do everything possible to not get injured within a training session for the longevity of the training block but I got this bicep bicep strain so one of the big, you know, increases in volume was rope climbs. And we were doing, you know, regular rope climbs, legless rope climbs, rope climbs with a vest on, rope climbs, you know, under fatigue. And I didn't happen in the session, but I, I, I ripped my hands on 
some pull-ups or some rope climbs or something. And then I was kind of compensating for the ripped hands and it kind of like, you know, carried up the arm and my bicep uh, ended up being like so tight the two and a half weeks leading up to the games. Um, Doc Kyle saved me huge on that. We just like worked on it. I would, every time I saw him, I'm like, okay, we just need to work on it for five minutes. Just like free it up, free it up, free it up. Cause it got to the point where like, I couldn't under like flexion. It was so tight that it felt like I had like elbow pain just cause the bicep was so tight. Um, I didn't necessarily feel it when I was doing, but it was when I was doing anything with the barbell in the front rack position or when I was, uh, doing like handstand push-ups or coming down into that like loaded position, I would feel it. Um, but anyways, we, 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 we kept it just good enough that it didn't even cross my mind in competition, but that was the, the biggest niggle, um, more systemic fatigue than, uh, yeah. any like acute fatigue. Um, that might actually be surprising to people just looking at how demanding some of those events are, but just a testament to like the massive base and years yes. you have under you that that yes. doesn't destroy you muscularly. She would be better than anyone I know at prevention. Like I, I've learned yeah. so much from you in the amount of you're a perfect example of all of the principles that LP stands for. You follow every single one from the T, whether it's, you know, the training, but also the nutrition and the recovery and mm -hmm. all of the other pieces around it. You do that. You check every box and that's why you can do both. Yeah. I, I think it's just because I've had so many, I've been doing, you know, since playing hockey, my body was so beat up that I've dealt with the other side of it where I was like always dealing with something. So once I got like a hundred percent healthy and feeling good, then I'm like, I don't want to go back there. Cause I feel like once you get one, then the list just never ends. You're just transitioning from one to the next. And so, yeah, I take a ton of, you know, pride in always making sure I'm on the leading edge of not being. If you remember, he's uh, the king of like hydration and recovery. Remember the diaper bag um, for when Madison was okay, being born? He brought BioSteel. <laughs> so he's mentioned Madison for, for all the listeners who have not yet met, um, met Adam. Um, Adam owns a gym with his wife, uh, Michelle. And so we were having a diaper party for his now born beautiful daughter, Madison. Um, and is a part of the, as is a part of a diaper party to celebrate the birth of his unborn child. There's a list of questions. And one of the questions that was asked is what are three things that is in a diaper bag? And without missing a beat, the first thing that he yelled out is bio steel. Like, <laughs> and that's Adam in a nutshell. Like, of course you have vile steel. All right? I was thinking about was Michelle's hydration during labor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't think that was on Michelle's list. It wasn't. It wasn't. It but, definitely wasn't. But bio steel in a diaper bag is uh, one of the perfect ways to describe who you are as a person. <laughs> I wanted her to have gels and, and uh, fueling in the delivery room too, but that didn't fly. How many grams of carbs yeah, per hour do you have? That's what I was thinking. Uh, Ma'am, you can't eat in case you need to have a seat. <laughs> let's not go there right, yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it at that um final question about prep you got to prep a bunch with jack and emma who mm -hmm. competed in the individual section and both did like amazing in mm -hmm. in that what did you what was that like and what did you learn anything from them how did you guys work together 
yeah, it was an eye-opening experience because, you know, I, and it was a similar experience at the games. Like, I know these guys are good at CrossFit, but I don't expect them to be such great athletes at everything. And uh, let's just say in about a month of training, I can count on definitely one hand, maybe just on a couple fingers, the amount of workouts that I won versus the amount of workouts that they won. And uh, I just find it incredible that like, I work really hard to be at the level I'm at, but then I, I compared it. Someone asked me, I compared it to like, if you're an age group triathlete and then you go and train with a pro, mm. it would be a similar feeling and, and they're pros. They are hundred percent pros. And when I'm training with them, I, I, I'm, I can, I'm definitely a training partner, but I'm definitely not at their level. So it was pretty amazing experience just to get that appreciation. Cause when just like a pro triathlete, when they're racing, you don't quite appreciate the, the level that they're at. Yeah. And when we're watching, you know, Jack and Emma and all the other pros at the CrossFit games, you don't quite appreciate the speed they're moving at and the, uh, you know, the demand that's, that's on them. Most, you know, people couldn't even complete the components of the workout, let alone do what they're doing. So yeah, it was a very cool experience. To... I think, I feel like I know the workouts you won against them too. I think I saw them in the video where they like swim and bike. On yeah, there. I totally, I totally rigged the Paradise Lake triathlon because I made sure it was somewhere that I knew the the course and the condition so that I had a huge advantage on them. They still are better swimmers than me. Like this is, that's the fascinating part. And like Emma won the bike workout. So like, she's actually like, yeah. if she trained, you know, for just like six months, she would be a great site. Like yeah. this is the coolest part about it. Um, and you know, Jack, I would go to the track with him uh, twice a week and like he ran a five thirty mile under a lot of fatigue, like not tapered and prompt. So like, they just have the ability to do, you know, everything at a very high level, um, which was so impressive. And I they're thought, like, they're like half your age. Yeah. Right? I feel like they have, their athletic maturity is just right. so beyond their years. Right. In a sense, like they're half my age. So that means they should be better. But no, in the other sense, like Emma's 18 and Jack is 21. They both have not reached their athletic peak or, or potential at like not even close. Yeah. They're just getting better like every month let alone every year did you have that maturity at 18 when you were <laughs> wheel snipe selly oh man like that's, hockey scholarship that's what we say like they, they they train you know every saturday and sunday at this age like why are they not at the bar until like two in the morning and then you know <laughs> sleeping until noon like no they have no interest in that like yeah. what they love to do is train and and compete and that's what makes them pros yeah at that age i remember when crossfit first came out or at least was I became aware of it and their tagline's like the fittest on earth like yeah. the fittest athletes on earth and I remember grappling with that and looking at like are they really like it's a sh we were talking yes. about like the the intensity I have to say after being like a fan and following this sport for so many years I like 100% concede like I truly believe that it is the fittest athletes on the planet just because of the breadth <laughs> well you think about this it the is. fact that like yes. they can, we swim bike and run we like and you think of all the athletes we we bring on to be able to do so many different sports mm -hmm. at such a high level and such a 
different amount of body movements, being able to lift, but then also to win a bike leg. Yeah. Like it's such gymnastics sport. lifting. Yeah. I, I think it's well a bold statement. Yeah. What do you think? Like <laughs> I think it's a bold statement because I I see like they're not they're not good gymnasts compared to an a gymnast at the Olympics. They're not good triathletes or endurance athletes compared to a, a professional, you know, endurance athlete. They're not that good of weightlifters, although they're getting really close compared to like an Olympic level caliber weightlifter. So like technically, but then on the other sense, like they can run one of the girls last year ran a, a three hour marathon, like yeah. a month after the CrossFit games. And then like, there's another guy who wants to qualify for 70.3 world champs. He's probably going to do it, yeah. you know? So it's like, man, it, I, I, I still like argue it because I've seen the, you know, the amazing feats in the endurance world. And then I think it's a bold statement um, because they don't do anything really like that, that incredible. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the amount of, disciplines that they're really 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 good at is is impressive yeah. it's so impressive yeah you know it's a it's a bold tagline i don't disagree with it but you also yeah you could sit there and add three other caveats to anything right. like right. the fittest endurance the fittest strength the fittest yeah. hybrid right. athletes like right. yeah they're incredible it's not taking away from no. the incredible level and like when you're a jack of that many trades you're you're going to be master of none right. but right. just to be able i would say I actually cannot think of any other athlete on the planet that would have that diversity yes, in movement exactly, and ability. Exactly. And when you talk about, I even think of how difficult it is as a triathlete to be good at three sports right? and like, okay, <laughs> at three sports, yeah. like, like to be at the top of your game on like, I don't yeah. know, 20 sports. It's, it's a mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. I'm not doing any gymnastics anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. That didn't, that work. We need a whole nother podcast. That didn't go so well for me either. <laughs> All right, I feel like we should hop into the games here, but before we get there, was this, uh, so it's in Madison, Wisconsin, good old cheese hat country, I got my cheese hat from Wisconsin in here. Um, was this your first time in Madison, or did you have a trip there before? Not. I did my first Ironman with these two there, and uh, my first and only Ironman, <laughs> Jess was giving us our pregame mental prep on the side of the road waiting to get into in Olive, Olive Garden <laughs> for a pregame meal. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was uh, not my first time in Madison. I got to see the countryside in a totally different way <laughs> on a bike and, and running, although it was a huge advantage to have already been there because yeah. I felt that like sense of comfort mm -hmm. that I've like, I've been here. I, I know what, you know, where things are, what it's all about. Um, that's such a cool town. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, we, we literally biked through the alliant energy center which is where the crossfit games is hosted that was weird we, we only got to bike through the parking lot no that's literally like they literally have the events like where we biked it's so it's too bad they didn't have a running crossfit event so you could have run back up to the capitol building like we did in the iron man too like they did the year before that yeah that would have been yeah they had to carry exactly you could have had like two photos blown up of whole experience i'm sure you're happy to uh, run up to that building still, yeah, yeah two laps of that run courses i don't need to see that again oh no so we talked about you had a little bit of comfort going into the games and like 
an hour into this podcast, we're finally moving yeah. to the actual games, but we wanted to slow down and show like how much work goes into even getting here and what a big accomplishment that is. But your mindset going there, um, describe that for us. Yeah, I, I was, I was so focused on that training block leading up to the games that I hadn't put like a ton of thought into like what it's going to be like competing mm -hmm. on that stage. I know, I think it's like being naive about going to your first Ironman event or, and you show up and then the, the hype is, you know, yeah. real. So long road trip there, um, got there, did the athlete check-in, which was, which was cool. an amazing experience. Cool. Yeah. We got super spoiled by Noble, which is an apparel company in the CrossFit scene. And uh, that kind of kicked off the excitement. Then it's like, whoa, this is real. Like now we're getting started. So um, I think there was still so much preparation in those leading up days. We got there pretty early. The check-in was two days before the competition started. So I was trying to just like stay yeah. calm. You know, usually I'm, as Michelle said, you know, pacing and, you know, getting edgy already. I feel like that didn't happen until like the first workout hit. Um, Which is good because in the past it's uh, when you forgot bottles for. Oh time. yeah, see, Your like tapers I, haven't always been I, the smoothest. I usually, <laughs> I usually spiral hard. Yeah, so having Michelle literally physically there with me um, made a big difference um, in terms of preparation. But yeah, I was just like Jess said, the qualifying and the lead up and just being there with only 10 athletes. Like I was just, you know, so pumped and excited just to be there that I kind of took the pressure off myself of like, I'm going to perform at the best level I can. I don't know where this is going to fall because these guys are, you know, insanely fit as well. Um, so yeah, I was trying to just not turn on the, you know, intensity until the first day started cool um so talking about some of the workouts uh we don't we don't necessarily need to go through every single one of them but like what were some of the the real highs and lows because it was it, it definitely seemed like a roller coaster mm -hmm. ride just seeing like mm -hmm. the recaps from michelle and stuff like that so the not that we're gonna like go through but i'll, I'll tell you that the, the kind of like highlights from each workout and how yeah. they kind of like set up the whole I love it. Experience. So event one was a max lift, which for those of you who know my like strengths and weaknesses in CrossFit, that was going to be like damage control. You get a hundred points for each workout. If you win it, if you get last, you get 10 points. So, so it's like more a 10 points. Point the, yeah. 10 points per athlete. Cause there was only cause there was 10. If there was 20 athletes and it'd be five points per athlete, et cetera. So it was like the one spot on the leaderboard can make a big difference. Um, so I, I get out there for my first event. It's like nerve wracking. Cause I know I'm not going to be the biggest lifter. It's not going to be my event. I just have to, you know, perform the best I can. Josh and I had talked about like what my targets are. I didn't believe him. I thought he was full of, uh, yeah, you know what? You can swear on <laughs> and, uh, and I hit those numbers. So like, 250 snatch 315 clean and jerk which doesn't mean that much except for the fact that I hadn't hit anything over 225 on snatch in like 
three years and I hit 25 pounds more than that. And I hadn't hit over 285 on clean and jerk in again, like two or three years. So that was 15, 30 pounds, you know, call them 30 pound personal bests on each lift. Um, so great start that got me like rolling into the event and workout two was literally one minute after workout one. So you finish your, your, your lift and then one minute to, I had to switch shoes cause I went from my lifting shoes to my, you know, like workout shoes. And then we're on this hot field and workout two was like one that I, I finished seventh on the lift. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't better or worse than expected, but the fact that I hit my goals and targets gave me a boost of confidence. Second workout was supposed to be one that I was going to crush. Um, long workout. I think it took like 12 or 14 minutes, which in CrossFit, that's a long time. You're like at threshold that whole time. Um, and I finished fourth. So now I have a seventh and a fourth. And remember those workouts are like polar opposites. So the big lifters usually finish lower. So most of the guys at, at that point, I was like sitting in a good spot. Like I was sitting, although, you know, those, I was probably in like third or fourth after those two events. Then the workout on the first night was called Helen, which was essentially a running workout. It was 400 meter run, uh, 21 kettlebell swings and 12 pull-ups. But the 400 meter run is significantly more work than the other two. And you had to do three rounds of that. So you 1200 meters of running. And then uh, it was like 90 seconds of running, one minute of kettlebell swings and pull-ups three times. So I go into that workout. Confidence is, is high, excited for this workout. Know that I can finish today strong. In the first round, I get a no rep, which means you know, you have to redo that rep on the, on the chin-ups, mm -hmm. not a big deal, except I didn't know that my judge gave me a no rep. So I jumped off the chin-up bar and started running for the second loop. He yelled at me. He said, you have to come back and do one more rep. And in this workout, this is a workout that came down to a stride length, um, uh, between second and third. So I, I go do the pull-up, I come back and by the end of the second round, I'm in like fifth, like this is the workout I needed to like, I wanted to win it. I didn't know if I'd win it, but on the third run, everyone had hit it too hard out of the gate, which is no surprise. So I clawed back to, uh, second. So from fifth to second in the 400 meter run, I passed three people. Um, and second, first and second, we were side by side. So he started the kettlebell swings before me, but my cycle rate on the kettlebell swings were faster. And he told me after he got a no rep. So he had to do one extra rep. So I actually got to the chin up bar before him in the final round, but I was gassed because I was trying to play catch up and I was rushing. So I jumped up to the pull up bar and didn't get a good grip, whatever excuses at the end of the day, I was pushing the limit. That's Michelle says, just be proud that you were like pushing the limit to try to win this workout. So at 10 out of 12 reps, I have to drop off the chin up bar and regrip. And at that, in that drop off the chin up bar and jump back up, he finishes his 12. He runs to the finish line. And then I get in a foot race for second and I get beat by a stride length. So I go from first to third like that. 
but still an extremely successful first day. Mm -hmm. A third, a fourth, and a seventh. Like couldn't ask for anything more. And a, and a, and a, a sign to myself that like, okay, you belong, like yeah. you belong yeah. here. You can compete with these guys. You don't have to be intimidated. You had an amazing day one. Move on, right? So then day two starts. Day two is the biggest day. That was three workouts, but they were one and two were, it was really two workouts um, from a preparation standpoint. Day three was three workouts, one in the morning, one midday, and then one at night, which was the 5K at night. So the morning uh, was this gymnastics chipper. Um, and I knew I'm not the strongest at gymnastics, but it was a long workout. So I'm like, okay, it's going to be fine. I'm going to do great. Uh, needless to say, I was the only athlete left out on the floor and the rest of the athletes were done. Like I had like almost 90 seconds on the floor without them. So it was, it was a, an amazing experience. Cause like, I, I didn't make really any mistakes in that workout. Some things went better than others, but it was just their ability to do gymnastics better than mine, which I'm okay with. Um, but my mindset around it, which Michelle and I talked about um, was really good because I didn't let it bring me down. So I just, you know, I did the best I could. I finished ninth, um, finished ninth because one guy got not heat stroke, but overheated on the first day and he had to quit the competition. Um, so I finished ninth moving into the second workout of the day, which was back out on the turf field a rope climb workout, a deadlift workout, and a sled pull and a sled push workout. So put the gymnastics behind me, get out onto the field and push it hard on a workout that should be like pretty good for me. It was just grunt work. Rope climbing is not, it is a skill, but at that level, it's like everyone can do it. Who can do it under fatigue? The deadlifts were really heavy, 350 pounds. So advantage for the bigger guys a little bit, but deadlifts are strong for me um, for whatever reason. And then the sled is like exactly what I want, like an implement that just is grunt work. Um, so I would give up some time on the rope climbs and the deadlifts, but then I made up a lot of time on this sled pull. I had done a lot of practice with it at the gym and I was you know, pretty confident in like, the technique I had for it. And I was making up time. So each round we would all finish at the same time. But what that meant is we had like a hundred foot sled push to the finish line. So all three, no, there was three, four, five, and four of us started the sled push at the exact same time. And it was this death march to the finish line. And the sled was so heavy. The slowest sprint the ever. The slowest sprint ever. So <laughs> Somehow I got into this rhythm of I do like 10 really fast, hard steps, and then I would stop and rest. Then I would do 10 really fast, hard steps, and I would stop and rest. And I would like pass them, and then I would fall behind them. And then I would pass them, and I would fall behind them. So needless to say, there was a rate, it was a race for third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. And I it was five seconds between third and sixth, wow. and I ended up sixth. <laughs> so it was like Ideal I gave it everything I got, <laughs> and then just kind of made like a little mistake with that like weird strategy I was using. Um, so I finished sixth, but again, like five seconds out of third. I wasn't mad about it. It was just like 
I gave it everything I had and it was fine. And the 5k was coming at night. It could be easy to be mad after those first right. two though, like the right. world's against you. You got a memory of a goldfish. Kind of a, kind of a shitty start to day two in a sense, like a ninth and a sixth was like, okay, well, that's not as good as day one, the third, a fourth and a seventh. Right. So, um, but the 5k was at night. And I think the coolest part of the 5k, um, not the, there was, there was many highlights to me. One in between the sled workout and the 5k, I said to Michelle, I'm like, Michelle, I'm giving myself permission to win this workout. I think oftentimes like you can go into a workout that's supposed to be your workout. And like, if someone else looks like they're doing well, you don't let them have it, but like, you don't, you don't go, they might be going, you know, RP 10 and you forget to go RP 10, yeah. you go nine and you, they take it from you. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know what? I, I have to do everything in my power to win this workout for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I gave myself permission to win it. Um, and then, you know, the best part was just the strategy of that workout. Uh, it was three laps. It wasn't 5k. It was three miles. So each lap was a mile and the leaders went out at like a full sprint, like they were doing one lap. Um, so our first lap was like under a six minute mile. And this is on like terrain. That's like, so weird. We ran on a gravel road and then we ran on grass and then we ran on like uh mulch for a bit. And it was like super like roll an ankle, a trail. Um, so we ran probably in my opinion, like maybe not too hard of a first lap, but like pretty aggressive. But then the second lap we came in just over 12 minutes. So I'm like, okay, these guys are going to be like strong. So if I'm going to win this, uh, I'm going to have to like dig deep here. So when I started, I, I left the stadium because you came back to the stadium each time in like fifth going in to the final lap with them, like within striking range. Like I wasn't in the lead pack. I was like on my own, just like hanging out like 50 meters back of the lead pack waiting to see what everyone was going to do. A few guys had already dropped off. Um, and I would say about halfway through that final lap, there was a hill. And I knew on that hill that that would be the opportunity to like watch people, you know, fade. Um, so I, 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 I didn't hit the hill like at max effort, but I hit it hard and by the top of that hill, I was in the lead. <laughs> so I knew I'm like, okay, well, this is my race now to win. Um, so I kept the pedal down, knowing that if I don't give them a sniff, then they wouldn't hopefully wouldn't try to hang on. And there was a young kid, a 16 year old or a 17 year old. And uh, I thought for sure he was going to, you know, race me to the finish line. But I used uh, lots of endurance strategy <laughs> in that one thanks to coach Mark. And, uh, I, I, I paced it properly. And when I passed, I passed with authority to make sure that they didn't want to hang on and they didn't. So when I came into the stadium in the live video that, uh, someone took, it was like, okay, so we should see the 16 year old coming to the stadium first. And then, Oh my God, it's Adam coming <laughs> into the stadium. So everyone was so excited. And I was first one in the stadium out of like, couple hundred athletes probably because all the age groups went at once 
so it was an amazing feeling and then yeah we had a, a little celebration after that and veteran move I love veteran that. move okay, yeah <laughs> so a cool way to end day two um exhausted by this point and then day three was the final day so going into the final day two workouts left we knew one workout we didn't know the other one the first workout was an endurance based workout but it was on the machines so for anyone who knows like a ski herb is like mimicking cross-country skiing uh, a bike uh, the bike and then uh, double unders or skips so the problem with machines is the big man usually wins because you're not holding up your own body weight um so it's not like watts per kilo it's just mm -hmm. watts yeah so it's in cross-country skiing if you're heavier well the harder you push is going to be strength to weight but on the ski erg it doesn't know how heavy you are it's just pure power but it was two rounds of 50 calories on the ski 50 calories on the bike 75 double unders so in the first round i was not in last but i was like near the back of the pack and i was pushing hard so this was a workout again i'm like man like going into this week i'm like these are the workouts i'm gonna win but then after knowing these guys after two days i'm like man like i don't, I don't know like they got so much power and enough of an engine that I, I don't stand a chance. But when I, when I got onto the second ski, I could tell that there was some fatigue kicking in for the other athletes. And then when I got onto the last bike, it was on a bike erg. So it's more just like a, not an echo bike where you use your arms and legs. It's just the bike. Mm. And that was where I would say I had the most experience with the feeling of your legs blowing up. Yeah. Um, and I, and I actually got like down on the bars, just, I, <laughs> so, just so I could close my eyes and like not look at the screen. I knew how long 50 calories should take. So I just like close my eyes, put my arms on the joke. So my post, my post uh, race interview with, with my fans was like, yeah, I got arrow and I want it. We're not moving on the bike. So it didn't make a difference, but it felt right at the time. So I passed like two or three guys on that last bike to get into third. I didn't win it, but I got into third place, which, which was a great finish on that one. And uh, a fun way to like build a little bit of confidence again in, uh, in a workout. And then, yeah, the final workout, we didn't know it until a couple hours before and it was like as much of a pure crossfit workout as you could get um and this is the one where before i was super nervous pacing like crazy i'm like man i'm in a good position and like i could blow it on this workout like i'm good at these two movements but these guys are incredible at them like and michelle's like adam like you put yourself in this situation like would you how could you ask for anything more than to be sitting in like a top spot amongst these guys? Like then she used the term, like pressure is a privilege, like to embrace it, like enjoy it. So my mindset shifted there. And I'm like, I kind of threw my game plan out the door because I knew what they were going to do. We watched the ladies go before us and it was 20 muscle ups, um, which I guess you have to know what a muscle up is, but a very high skilled movement. And like all of the ladies did 20 in a row. And it's like, oh I'm man, 20. yeah, they just do 20. And then like right into the, the dumbbell snatches. So I'm like, I need, like my strategy was to break it three ways, like nine, then 
seven or six or nine and seven and four. And I'm like, it's not going to be good enough. So I just went as long as I could not to failure, but like, let's say failure minus one or two that got me to 15. I think only one other guy broke it. Everyone else went unbroken. So I still got to the DB snatches like almost in last, but I got 15 and five. So I told myself in the like waiting area, I'm like, you're going to have to do. And I said this to Mark the other day, I'm like, you're going to have to do something you've never done before, but you're going to have to trust that you can do it. Right. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to trust that your fitness is good enough to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, put yourself in a, a cool spot. You've trained harder than you've ever trained before. Just believe that even though this isn't your game plan and not your strategy, like you're going to take a risk and your body's going to be able to do it. And, uh, you know, the workout didn't go perfect. It wasn't my best finish, but I pushed way past the limits of what I thought I was capable of. And I finished the workout in three minutes, which mo I don't even know if I could do 30 dumbbell snatches at 70 pounds in three minutes on a normal day, yeah. let alone do 20 muscle ups and then 30 snatches. So the fact that the winner did it in two and a half minutes, it's like, you know what, this, it's just like, that's all I'm happy with what I did. Kudos to them for being able to do it better. But yeah, it was a cool way to finish just from a, a, a mental toughness, you know, mindset position where I push past what I've ever done before. And I think that was like kind of the, the theme of the weekend is like my lifts. I, I just trusted the process. Like your coach told you, you can do it. Just like you can do it. Just go for those numbers. Your fitness is there. You might not have ever been there, but you can, you can do it. So are you somebody that thrives off of like, do you get energy from like the external crowd? Or are you more the like internal motivator or combo? Like I, I think I have to say like live competition brings out the absolute best in me. Like, I think if I, if I did a 5k on my own, I could still find the willpower to dig deep and, and like push it hard. But if I did a 5k with a, a track really on a fat, stadium, yeah, yeah, like, so I thrive off of that in person. I, I get like super nervous and like, you know, I'm pacing all those things, but I am experienced enough that I channel those nerves and like use them to my advantage cool and how is that atmosphere compared to because you've played high level sport before yeah. how did that atmosphere compare to some of the other oh, sporting events man. you've done like in your hockey days and stuff I think just the the the, the setup and the uh, it was it was so world-class that it was just like mm -hmm. it brought me to another level that I've never been at I'm not saying it was like better or worse it was maybe just my like own energy and mindset made it seem that much better it's not like the stadium was full it was just like but all of my fans were there and like that the focus was on me in my mind it was on me so it was like it was cool it was cool very cool and when you look back on it was there a favorite this was a listener question was there a favorite workout you had of the games <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the five the five k is the cliche answer yeah. because the finish line feeling was like amazing um i i think there was like moments in every workout that were my favorite i i think for me the when you when you make that choice that like shift in the 5k when i made the choice to dig deep and and win it 
those are like the the favorite parts. And I think I had to do that in every workout at some point when I made the choice to go for the 15 muscle ups, mm -hmm. when I made the choice to, uh, there was a set of burpees in the second workout. It was the second set of burpees, 10 minutes in. And it's like 21 burpees over this pig, they call it. And, uh, you know, you have every excuse in the world to slow down. It's hot. I'm tired. You know, the workout's over, but I just was able to flip the switch and dig deep and push it there. And then, you know, every, the sled workout uh, as disappointing as, you know, those five seconds were, I dug as deep as I could hit the finish line with nothing left. The missed rep, you know, I'll never forget that, but then digging back, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, that. So yeah, every, every workout had its own like special moment, which is really cool. Yeah. I feel, I felt like knowing you, like you would have gone almost away from the 5k one, just yeah, to do exactly. like kind of the adversity. Like, yeah. Just, those are some of the best moments. It's yeah. easier, easy to go to the highlight, but yeah. I think the true athletes really show like those resilience I, moments are some I, of the I, best for people. I'll remember those forever. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'll remember the 5k forever yeah. too. But. You'll, but you'll, yeah, you'll look back on those and you'll like lose a little bit of sleep over those, but those are also yeah. the moments that you're like, I'm never going to let that's that happen again. Happening. And that's yeah. how you become a better that's athlete, not the like one where you won the race and you're Amen. like, Oh, I can, I, exactly. I do that every time so. exactly cool. and that was another listener question of like if you miss a rep what is your mental process of trying again like when you think back to those workouts or yeah. um even even that moment it'd be so easy when you were no repped and he it wasn't clear to you that you were called back mm -hmm. like that moment of like frustration yeah and a less i would say experienced athlete would have let or mature athlete would allow that to derail them yeah what is your process to recenter yeah, it just, it actually gave me like an extra boost, an extra drive. Like I wanted to win the workout and then I really wanted to win the workout, you know, like you're going to take this away from me with like, you know, like I'm not going to blame it on them, but like, you got to be clear. If you're going to no rep me, like you got to be loud and clear. Don't just like pretend that everything's fine. Anyways, it made me want to win the workout just that extra more. And I think that's, in that scenario, in the gymnastics workout, I was getting no reps on these pistol squats. I was in a sense kind of just like, you know, laughing it off, not, yeah. not actually, but like, man, I'm doing the best I can here. Like she even, the, the judge, even apologized. she was clear, man. She's like, no rep. Like, but yeah, there, there's different scenarios, but the one that like, it's going to affect your uh, potential outcome is the one where like you I, I want to dig deeper yeah. to to win it so we talked about recovery um in your training and you'd mentioned that you replicated a lot of that leading into the games but what did recovery look like in between because I mean we watched all of them and it was yeah. almost like a punishing cadence of these yeah. workouts <laughs> like how did you wrap around the recovery and also what was your sleep like so my parents took Madison check step one so we could get <laughs> Thanks, like mom and dad. yeah like preparation like it's it's the sleep at night the risk of like she might not sleep but they saved us they took her so sleep was like fine I'm gonna get the best sleep I can you know you're not gonna get the best sleep the night before a big race comes or whatever so it is what it is the the warm-up uh and then lead up to each workout was very challenging because you you 40 minutes before the workout you had to meet in the corral to walk over to the venue. So this was like, boom, triathlon. 30 minutes before the swim, what do I need to do? I need to take my gel and be sipping on water with lots of salt. Mm -hmm. So like gel, salt, 
more salt, more salt, because it was so hot. We were sweating so much. You warm up. You, the workout's only 10 minutes, but you warm up for an hour. Mm -hmm. Then you wait 40 minutes in the heat, sweating. You're still kind of warming up at that stage. And then you go out in the field, you compete for 10 minutes at your absolute max capacity. Then they had cold tubs right when we finished. So every workout, you just hammered the cold tub. I said, we were so hot that we couldn't even feel the cold the first time we went in. And then we got out. And then when we went back in the second time, you could finally, like you shivered a little bit. How long did you stay in the cold tubs? Like that first time? They weren't, they weren't like unbearably cold. Uh, so you, we could have literally stayed in for like two or three minutes. Okay. Like you could stay in for a while. They weren't like um, zero degrees Celsius. You know what I mean? They yeah. were like maybe like 50 degrees Celsius uh, Fahrenheit. So then right after I always had my recovery shake, which was yeah. like my biosteel recovery with, uh, with protein and carbs in it. So I hit that right away. And then if I had like three or more hours between a workout, then I would force down another bowl of the oats and, and protein and fruit. If I didn't have time, then I would just go right to like bananas uh, like a uh, sugary granola bar, something like that. Classic gorilla. I do have some epic pictures with banana. Yeah. Um, yeah. So depending on the time between workouts, that determined like what I eat. Yeah. I was able to go back to the, my parents' hotel because they were right across the street for a nap and a shower between one of the workouts, the one day. Um, other days we had like opening ceremonies between our, two workouts so you had to like you know have all your food and fuel with you for that process and like so it was if you weren't prepared like you weren't making it the three days like your your energy levels and and recovery would not have made it the three days most of the guys that were in my division had been there many times before so they knew the process I would say I was the only guy though conscious of the whole like 40 minute lead up routine couple of the ladies had the uh the baby food mm -hmm. um which is like you know pretty popular um not as good as gel I don't think because anyways but um so they were like a little bit aware but not as much as I expected um so yeah I think that helped me like I think that helped me perform at the highest level I could mm -hmm. um each workout yeah, it's it's the crossover so interesting. Like I know Maka in the book that we were reading in the ditch at at Olive Garden before uh, the Iron Man, he always talks about like why he was the top of his sport is because he borrowed from other areas right. of the sport. And he actually, as he was prepping for Kona, worked with weightlifters and said like, how do you how do you onboard hydration? And it's just cool how uh -huh. you can take that and make sure that you can recover. But you also mentioned that one of your competitors needed to drop out from heat. Mm -hmm. So kind of the cold tubs was there anything else that you did to manage your heat I think that just comes down to knowing your 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 limits mm -hmm. like I think if you just go out there and attack the workout the same way you would have in a air-conditioned gym well you're not going to make it right so like for me it was just having enough exposure to heat and training in the heat and knowing my body and what level of like you know fatigue I'm at 
um, was the difference there. Did you do any specific like heat prep? Like did but you kind I, of like a regular sauna? I did. I think I did in the sense of like when I was training with Jack and Emma, yeah. we were always like either in a hot gym or out in the heat doing, you know, it was enough heat training that Matt, Madison, Wisconsin is very similar climate to here. So we were living in like a similar uh, temperature zone. Now you posted a lot about your competitors um, and it seems like, you know, after three days of competing, you have this such a high level of camaraderie and also yeah. respect for them. Yeah. Like, what was that like? It was really cool. Yeah. Uh, all, almost all of them were, we the first, the second workout had a hundred wall balls in it. So we were all destroyed mm -hmm. after that workout. And usually it's like, I'm not sore. And we were all like, oh my God, we're wrecked. Like we're literally <laughs> one workout in and we're dead. So that's when the camaraderie started. When so everyone, authentic. Yeah, yeah. When everyone was just okay with admitting like, guys, we're in the 35 to 39. <laughs> like we're not competing for a job here. Like we're in that mindset. It was like, okay, we're going to have like, you, we spent a lot of time together because that 40 minutes leading up to every workout, you're walking with them, you're talking with them, you get to know them. But yeah, so it was, it was amazing. And like I said earlier on, like I knew they were going to be good CrossFit athletes. I didn't appreciate how good of athletes they were going to be. So that was really cool. Was there other dads in the squad? There was, I, I'm not, I, I can't say all of them, but it might've been all of them. I, I didn't get a chance to ask a couple of them. Uh, yeah, the guy who won it is the dad. Uh, the guy in second from Greece, I don't know if he is actually. Uh, the guy in third has two kids. Uh, the guy in fourth, Scott Panchik, one of the like legends of CrossFit. He has two kids. Uh, I was in fifth. Uh, the guy behind me in sixth, uh, he traveled from Lithuania. Um, he has a kid. Uh, the guy in seven didn't uh, yeah so yeah like it, it was so cool like we were all sharing the same soreness and you know like we couldn't squat down to you know sit on the toilet but we were still out there competing and and then we all were experiencing the same like you know struggles with family and work they all I think I think all of them you know had regular careers and you know so it was all the same rah rah, which was cool. How many of those guys have competed in the individual games before, like the main yeah? So the, the guy who won it, dancer, has Papadopoulos, who came in second, has uh, Wong, who finished third. I don't think he has, but he won the thirty-five to thirty-nine last year. Mm -hmm. So just experience. Uh, Panchik, who's fourth, has been competing at the CrossFit Games since like twenty ten. Wow. Um, then me in fifth, no experience. The guy in sixth, no experience, but first ever guy from Lithuania to be at the CrossFit cool. Games. So that was, he was a super nice guy. Um, great athlete. And then the guy in seventh, I think has competed at the games. He didn't have a great, you know, week of competing, but he was, you could tell he, he, he had, you know, mm. the, the game. He just didn't have it that week. Um, so speaking of the individual competition, I know you guys stuck around and watched that yeah. after. What were some of the highlights you saw and maybe anything you learned from watching those guys go at it, guys and gals? Yeah, I think I was lucky to be able to train with Jack and Emma to appreciate uh, what level the the guys and girls are at, like knowing how good both of them are and then to see them compete so hard, uh, you know, for Jack to finish 27th and like, 
to me, it's just mind boggling because I know the level of fitness he has and to fathom the thought that he's not in that, you know, upper, upper, upper echelon is, is hard to believe. Um, so that was, that was really cool to watch and just like take it all in and appreciate what they're, they're doing. And then Emma, like just the composure of an 18 year old is just like wins the first event and then just like calm, cool and collective and talking about someone who like nothing changes whether they have the leader jersey on or not. Uh, we see her at the hotel. She's super chill. She's just a, a humble, humble person. I think the interview after she got second and said, if you would have asked me a week ago, if I would be in this position, I would say, you know, you're crazy. It's not going to happen. So like, I think she's super dangerous because as she gets more and more confidence, she's just going to continue to get better. Um so yeah, just watching, you know, these youngsters do incredible things is cool. Would she work with like a sports psychologist or is that just like her innate that she's forged over time? I think here's, here's my philosophy and like kudos to Josh. So they're her coach, their mentality is not to win the CrossFit games. Mm. It's to just be better than they were last year. Mm-hmm. so going into last year they had no expectations it was their first time at the games she finished sixth going into this year she knew she finished sixth because she wasn't strong enough okay this year we're gonna get stronger my guess is they're gonna reflect on how it went they're gonna hone in on the weaknesses or areas of improvement and they're just gonna focus on that instead of winning Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean so I think it's just the mindset shift from if I don't get first I'm a failure to if I just keep getting better then I'm you know doing everything I can do yeah the results take care of themselves so that's cool it's built into their programming and their coaching and you know as as a coach too like that's that's, I would say that's more than the actual training part especially a lot of triathlon stuff is the actual mental game is is truly what it comes down to and it's so hard because how can she not how can she not get caught up in the fact that she finished sixth in the world and not in her mind say if I don't finish sixth or better I'm a failure you know but it, it what it never was part of the conversation it just didn't come up it was just here's what we need to work on here's what we need to do the results will speak for themselves. Such a healthy way to look at it, but it's so easy to be like, I have this linear approach Mm -hmm. and I'm sixth and now I'm second. And the only way is to keep going up. If I don't win next year, right. But if she plays the long game and does that, you never know, maybe uh, like Tia comes back and suddenly she goes to fourth next year, but keep getting better and probably win friggin' five in a row after that. (laughs) It's it's the confidence building year over year. That's, That's to me, the most exciting part for her is now she believes she can be there now going into next year. It won't be like, Oh, if you would have told me I'd be on the podium, I wouldn't believe you. It'll be like, no, I believe I can be on the podium. Now I'm going to compete like I can be on the podium and that'll be, that'll be pretty cool. She's had a taste of it too. And you've got to think that's like embedded in her now and the hunger is probably as high as ever, which is amazing. So pumped to watch those guys and Jack's lift on that one. Yeah, like were you there for that? Yeah, we were in oh, the stadium for that. Yeah, it was so <laughs> cool. He's he's and he's not a, a cocky or like 
uh, arrogant guy at all. So to see him do that in that moment, in with that pressure, like it was just so cool. Yeah. And the smile on his face, like it was just incredible. I, so I watched the video. I think some one of the companies or something posted it of like Emma watching it and Jack oh, doing it. There's a really yeah, cool yeah, one. Yeah. And like, man, I had goosebumps yeah. watching that on Instagram. I was like, so this cool. is like so cool. I haven't seen that one. Oh, that's yeah, so cool. It was amazing. Goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah, excited for both of them. I think Jack is just a sniff away from like having, he has the fitness. He just needs to use the fitness. Yeah. If that's, you know, the right way to say it. And he just, that was his first year. Yeah. So he's, he's on the verge of great things and that's exciting. One part of that is just year over year experience. And so we did have a couple more listener questions. And one of them is in the line of that, like now that you've gone to the games, it seems like the those who like placed on the podium or were competing with you have been repeat. And it's yes. almost like once you get that formula, you sort of understand what it takes to get there, yes. what the training looks like. Now that you've been to the games, what would you do differently um, next year? Or would you do anything differently? Yeah, I. that's a good question. I mean, I would show up with a, uh, um, a different, but I would just be more prepared because I would know the process in advance. Um, I didn't know the process of the 40 minutes and the all of that preparation leading up. So I would be more confident and more prepared in the, the process of that. Um, I, just like in triathlon, like it's not my goal to be the, the best in the world at CrossFit or triathlon. Mm-hmm. It's just my goal to like push the limits and like do the best I can with, with it sounds without going all in like mm-hmm. going all in but 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 being okay with like not being the best in the world so mm-hmm. I would I would you know love the opportunity to go again if if it if it aligns with like first of all qualifying like to get into that top 10 again who knows like yeah. it's such a such a you know small percentage that make it and then like to get there and yeah sure I I should get better at my gymnastics but like I'm not willing to not go ride with the endurance crew on the weekend exactly (laughs) and I have FOMO I have too much FOMO in my life to just give up one or the other and I I've said that I'll never you know dedicate everything to one sport again I love the idea of you know being able to do as many sports as possible so um yeah that's that's perfect. And that leads nicely into the, the final listener question we have. And this one, it made me laugh because they said it as a joke. It was a non-athlete entirely where we ask like questions about the games and they're like, yeah, the question is why? <laughs> but I thought that this like, yeah, let's look let's deep here for a moment, yeah. like in terms of your triathlon and CrossFit, like yeah. why do you do what you do? Yeah. So this, this was a cool reminder to why I do it because sometimes I'm like, man, I'm being selfish. I'm doing it for me. And that's okay too. Um, but I do it because I like, we have this amazing community and I'm a leader in the community and I want to inspire other people in the community and like the amount of support and like excitement that came from this past two weeks was like incredible. And it reminded me like me pushing my limits inspires other people to push their limits and that's what all of the fans that were there and watching said like our favorite part was the fact that you suffered 
Like you <laughs> put everything on the line and we don't see you do that very often. Yeah. And like to finish fifth is amazing, but it also shows like there's other, you know, you gave it everything you got and you were fifth, you know? Mm -hmm. So th that was the coolest. So yeah, funny question, but it's, this was like, I needed that. I need that reminder. Yeah. Um, in these, in these events like this. So it, it was cool. You may have needed that reminder, but I feel like anybody that knows you just like, all you do is bring people together and then inspire them. Like, it's so cool. It's yeah, literally cool. your job. Yeah. That's what, that's what, <laughs> that's what brought all of us together. Is that yeah. 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 No, like, it's, we love it's that. true. And we all push each other. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. Cause I look at our community now and what excites me the most is like, wherever I go next I have people to push me yeah. so that's my favorite part is like we are all trying to get better together and that's my only goal is I want to do it but I love seeing other people like get uncomfortable and do the same thing so so one final question we have for you and you kind of talked about it a bit and one of the things I've always always appreciated about you is that you don't just do things because you should be doing them like yeah be so easy to be like okay I came fifth this year I need to get back yeah. to CrossFit Games and go yeah. fourth third yeah. um but what what kind of lights your <laughs> fire coming up athletically like what are you looking to to target either yeah. endurance or CrossFit yeah. or something yeah I, I don't know actually right now I I think it's a it's not a boring answer but I think what I want to do right now is build this perfect program and not like long term but that allows me to keep as much strength and as much conditioning as I can right now until it's such a weird time of year, because if I wanted to race in triathlon, I would have to race now, you know, it's like a weird time of year. Like yeah. I would have to be ready in four to six weeks mm -hmm. to race, you know, uh, realistically. Um, so I, I'm not going to jump into triathlon or endurance season um, I, I don't think I have the window of time to even do like a, I, I could, but to do like a, a marathon or half, I also don't like to do things without like adequate preparation. Yeah. I think like for me, a minimum is like a 12 week training block. Cause I'm, I'm already in good shape. Relatively speaking to, to, <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> to, to, to specialize in a, yeah. run or whatever yeah. I think triathlon is even like longer um but yeah so over the next 12 weeks I think if I can just you know probably get my uh endurance like my bike swim bike run back up a bit without trying to compromise as much strength as I can so then whatever opportunities come up probably by like you know I'll make you know I'll I'll have 17 things on my list in the next two weeks but right now I don't know the things that excite me I, I really want to do a high rocks race I think that would be like a perfect combination of CrossFit and endurance yeah. um I really want to do I still have a sub three hour marathon on my list you need um, those, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you need those. damn it I haven't been as close as many times with you but <laughs> uh, um, I still have that on my list of accomplishments I really want to go back to the CrossFit Games. Um, I want to do crush lots more 70.3s. I do want to do another Ironman. That's Michelle. That's not in the near future. <laughs> yeah, over the next 12 weeks, yeah, yeah. it's a different yeah, yeah, yeah. Dijon. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, Michelle's got a half marathon uh, coming up in the fall. So that's the number one goal, making sure that I don't book any fitness 
over her key runs. No. Exactly. Simple as that. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, those are the things that excite me. Yeah, I want to, I, I think I'll do a 70.3 for sure next year. I would have loved to do it this year to like, just see what that overlap yeah. looked like. Would I have just crumbled and died or like, would I have been fine? I don't know. I feel like the latter. I, feel like I probably would have been fine. You, but like You had some, pr- you were in some good 70.3 shape last year. So it's, I know. it's so interesting. I know. To see, like, like it's not that long ago. And no. yeah. yeah. So it would have been, so I, I would, I haven't raced Trombla. I'd love to race Trombla um yeah so we'll see nothing nothing specific yet now it's like I want to build this really cool training plan that has a lot of strength in it and a lot of aerobic work get rid of maybe some of the like the gymnastics skills and uh net cons and that kind of stuff and just do like aerobic base and strength base for a bit and then be ready to go whatever way I love that. Good news is when you come back to endurance, lots of new big dogs on the bike to throw down with you. You had yeah, kind of taken oh yourself. Oh my god! I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I had won the the striker line time trial, and then it just got totally demolished, yeah, decimated. Look out! Yeah. Unreal. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's FOMO. That <laughs> that scares me, but also like excites me a lot. Yeah. yeah. We're here to beat you up a little bit when yeah, you come back. Yeah, exactly. But that's the one thing that from the moment that I met you, like I met you, you were making a whirlpool in master swim. Like you were learning how to swim for your half iron. Yes. And that's how we met. Like you yeah. are comfortable with being uncomfortable yes. and you always seek out that challenge. Yeah. You're not ever wanting to be in something because you're the top of it. You seek out that challenge. And I know, like I mentioned it earlier, like all of the things, like you sort of set the foundation for me in terms of like all of those things around fitness. Yeah. When I first met you, I was like, in me, in my mind, they were completely different worlds. Like I would be an athlete over here and then I was work over right, here. Right, right. But you taught us like recovery, nutrition, and and like I'm a completely different athlete because of that. Because of that, you are our endurance That's icon. So would love to know who is your endurance icon. <sighs> it's so hard to have an endurance. So Man. It doesn't have to necessarily be endurance yeah. related either. Or icon. We'll we'll stroke out endurance yeah. because because you you're in so Jumps many different in, sports. In a few worlds. Um, probably not a good time for a shirt, but maybe one shirt. Um, sure. Five so steps win big. races. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would. What I would love to do is go toe to toe with Hunter Sheriff in like a high rock yeah. event. That would be so funny. Um, or fun um so yeah not not him um but (laughs) more like a competitive a friendly you know friendly competition so I have lots lots of endurance icons in in both worlds I'm gonna go with the guy who just won the CrossFit Games Jeff Adler Mm -hmm. because the story is so cool in in 2018 I think I have that right he was a volunteer at the CrossFit Games. Wow. Might have been 2016, but either way, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then and then everyone knew him because he was this super good lifter, but he, his fitness wasn't good. And then he just worked, like we said, like he just worked on all of his weaknesses. He just ran an incredible, he crushed my 5K time and he just ran an incredible 5K. He's still one of the biggest lifters in the sport. And he just won the CrossFit Games as as this like humble guy who just worked hard and just 
flies kind of below the radar and um i'm guessing does all the little things right mm -hmm. which is cool Great choice. Yeah. Well, we've gone long enough that our dog is huffing at us. It's dinner time. It's but dinner time. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Um, how thank can you people guys. follow on your journey? Because I'm sure you made some new fans. Because of yeah, I, I did. I finally, Coach ADJ finally hit a thousand followers. And I, I joke and I say it's a hundred thousand, but it's not a hundred thousand. It's just a thousand. <laughs> but yeah, you can follow me at Coach ADJ. Um, you'll probably see. Uh, a lot of stuff for me on the uh, uh, Limitless Performance page mm -hmm. or the LP Endurance page too. But uh, anything Limitless Performance or uh, at Coach ADJ. Well, thanks so much. You're an inspiration. We appreciate you coming Thank on the you show. Guys. Thank you. Wow. How great was that? I always learned so much from these endurance icons. If you enjoyed the podcast as well, please consider liking us across social media, subscribing to us on YouTube, or giving us a five-star rating on wherever you listen to your podcasts. We appreciate you and your support so much. We wish you happy training, and we'll see you back next week.